One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. YouTube, do the same damn thing, especially with this video that I'll be doing with Assad. Um, we're going to do some previews of players on the Raptors that we think will be with the Raptors. We're going to assume that Dame Lillard, that all that isn't happening. Not much is going to change necessarily with like the questions that we may have for them uh, going into next season, maybe a little bit in the margins. But um, anyways, Assad, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So we're going to look at essentially just like questions and curiosities that we have for these particular players. And Amon's going to do another one um, in, in the next few days. And we'll just kind of do our start doing our player preview stuff on these players. And we're going to assume at this point that Dame isn't coming. Okay. And so Asad and I, we're going to talk about Scotty Barnes. We're going to talk about Gary Trent Jr., Dennis Schroeder, and also Christian Coloco. And then Amon, she'll address a few other players in the, the coming days. But let's start with Scotty because you just mentioned him. Okay. So what are your curiosities for Scotty Barnes? And I just also want to mention before I, I throw it to you is that um, Darko was on a podcast today uh, with Jake's Takes. Yes, this is a 13-year-old kid who just finds ways to get better guests than I can. Um, he's talked to Norman Powell. He's talked to a few other people. And he just released an interview with Darko. And he asked him, you know, how much more? It's a great question. How much more is Scotty going to be handling the ball this year? And this is Darko's direct quote. I see a very high ceiling in his game. Definitely. He's going to play much more on the ball. He's going to be a decision maker. He's going to be trying to organize our team and run our team even more than in the past. So that's perhaps why we're seeing him play point guard a lot more at Rico runs in previous seasons. You know, he was playing off ball. It was Pascal or it was Fred sometimes playing uh point guard just at these runs. Right. But now it's just Scotty doing the point guard thing. Anyways, your questions for Scotty Barnes, his skill set, and uh, his point guard play heading into next season. We can just kind of go back and forth there. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what type of actions they use to kind of, um, use him as a playmaker um, and get him to initiate offense. Um, I can see him being, again, Scotty Barnes, like the body type that he has, and I'm not trying to limit him as a player, but like we've seen him do like the things that Draymond Green or a Bam Adebayo does um, in terms of like getting the half-court offense going, where it's like, yo, I can set a screen, I can hit the gap really hard, I can take a couple of dribbles and make the right decision and pass to the open person. Um, and those are two very good players. I'm not saying that like that's a limit on a ceiling. I'm just saying those are two very elite players who have been basically mm -hmm. in the finals like many of the past few years. Like these are very important, um, very important players um, to play like, especially for his body yeah. type. Um, I will say in terms of running point guard, some of the things are going to be out of DHO. He's probably going to be pretty, pretty good. Like he has the uh, body type and the skill set to really be able to make decisions and put pressure on the defense from those type of situations running pick and roll with Yaka Pirtle, I think is going to be interesting to view yeah. uh, just because if it's just a top down, like pick and roll, uh, are they just switching it because it'll be like size on size? Like I'm imagining someone who's guarding matched up with Scotty Barnes can probably just switch onto a Yaka Pirtle and 
push them mm-hmm. around for a couple possessions. Probably going under on a lot of those screens. It's unlikely that Scotty Barnes is getting matched up with a small point guard either most of the time. So the mismatch hunting might be a little bit difficult. Like you'd have to run a couple of actions to get him into a mismatch rather than just him coming down the floor and automatically being in a mismatch. So those will be things that will be interesting is I don't know how much his lack of three-point shooting will affect him being on ball in those type of roles in the defense. Like if he's able to still create the same advantages. I know last season, one of the areas of issues for him was consistently getting downhill face-up attack in the half court. Uh, In semi-transition, he was great because he would get his steps behind him. But whenever somebody got really into his dribble in the half court, you would see him kind of back up, pick up the dribble, pass it, and then try to reset and move from there. As the point guard, if you're the main guy, you got to be able to handle that and still be able to attack, attack, attack. So being more aggressive with the ball, understanding how to continually create advantages. And I think the one thing is he does have good court vision to make passes. Like he does make some very nice passes, but again, it's being able to see the entire side of the court rather than only the other side of the court. When he's in, like when he's on one side on the elbow, he's looking for a pass in one direction. Sometimes he gets like locked into only looking in that direction for the pass where the help's going to come and maybe he can make the first read, the second read, but can he make all the reads? Um, and that's those are all learning opportunities. And then the final piece for him, and this is something that Fred Van Vliet spoke to in his exit interview as well, is kind of like the value of possession stuff. So I know Scotty got better with his turnovers as he got later in the season. Um, he's going to have to be on top of that from day one because as point guard, you set the tone for the offense. Mm-hmm. You set the tone for the team. You're setting the pace that the team's playing at. And if you have to be the one that values the possession. So one, you have to manage making sure everybody's in the right spots and getting the ball. Um, at the right time in the right places and two you have to know when certain passes are not worth making because it might be a turnover or the certain game situation is hey i can't force this right now we need to maybe slow down set up a play or maybe i need to push this advantage right now so it'll be that decision making and valuing a possession where hey if you're if the other team's on a run maybe you come down and set a play rather than come down, try to break your man down and take an early mid range jumper with 18 seconds on the clock. Right. Yeah. So those are the things where I'm going to kind of watch to see how he balances his aggression um, and knows when he has to table set, how he has to press his advantages and when he has to be a scorer. And those are all difficult things to do. And I don't think it, it'll be, you know, clear cut from day one. I think he's going to struggle with it a bit, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how he grows through the season. Um, in those situations. I think Pascal Siakam does a really good job of that. Um, but again, Pascal Siakam play also has been playing like 40 minutes a game, 38 minutes a game, and you can see how that wears on him. Yeah, And that's one issue. Another thing, Scotty talked about his stamina defensively. His stamina is going to have to improve if he's on ball more offensively as well, because now you're not suddenly um, just in charge of getting the ball at the, in a half-court setting and then being playing point guard. It's bringing the ball up the floor, uh, which takes a, whatever little bit more energy it takes. It does take a little bit more energy. Now you're getting down the floor. There's 18 seconds left on the clock, and you've already kind of burned a couple uh, a couple of your bursts for that possession, just like you know, guarding from the point guard trying to steal the ball or pressing up on you at half court. So that'll be interesting to see how Scotty uh, mm. does this season with those items. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to see uh, smaller players on him actually guarding him. Like I think back to the playing game and uh, I don't know, we saw that the Raptors lack of depth became a problem aside from missing free throws, but 
I remember early fourth quarter, you had Alex Caruso, Pat Beverly. They came in to the game and Fred hadn't really sat in the second half and they were pressuring his dribble. They were all over him and it was taxing on him. And now we're asking Scotty, like, you know, can you handle, like, obviously he's a bigger player. The dribble is going to be higher. What if it's a, a Pat Bev and Alex Caruso, these types of players that are pressuring his dribble, is he able to handle that? You know, how does he handle that pressure? And also, is he able to make the right decision at the same time? Maintaining the live dribble is so important for a point guard. And for them, it's so for so many of them, because they're smaller players, it's second nature. They just do it. But for Scotty, he's not, he's developing that skill. So how is he able to do that? Um, while also, you know, making those quick decisions and in a 0.5 style of basketball, it's like search, decide, execute relative to the advantage you have in 0.5 seconds, because the theory is that within one second, the defender in front of you, uh, is able to catch up. So if you do it in 0.5, you're ahead, do all that while also learning the point guard position, while also keeping your team, um, your, your, your team's offense uh, flowing and having the feel for the game. It's a lot of, it's a lot of things that Scotty's going to be going through this season. And Pascal Siakam, when he became a hub, it happened through a lot of reps. So you think of the reps Pascal's had over the past few seasons, he's had to rep it out. He's failed, but he's learned and he's gotten better. Um, Scotty's going to be, he needs that time as well to, to get those skills right. And then with the shooting, yeah, I mean, we know pull-up shooting is so important in in, uh, in basketball, especially from your point guard. If you don't have that, it's hard to just get that space and the gaps that you want from a defense. And uh, sometimes, you know, past season, uh, Jacoperto, Scotty, they did have some, you know, pick and rolls. Scotty's hitting a, a one-two dribble, pull-up two. Um, is he able to hit that consistently? Those 15 to 20-foot shots, those are going to be so important for him. He did develop throughout the season, but where is that now? And can you maintain the pace of the Raptors offense? Can he limit the dribbles? It has to be like, you know, decisive dribbles, L less, you know, dribbling the ball on the perimeter, that kind of stuff isn't really going to fly anymore in a 0.5 style of basketball. And uh, I have like more curiosity about his isolation offense, but any anyway, your, your thoughts on that, the face up you mentioned is going to be so important for him too. Yeah. The, the big thing that you mentioned with the ball pressure is how many times is he going to turn his back to the basket outside of the three point line? which is going to be a big one. If he's having to do that a lot, if every time they put pressure on him, he's having to turn his back um, to the defender, that is, you know, less um, less favorable than, you know, if he's able to kind of play them face up and, you know, mm -hmm. defender reaches, he blows by. Things like that. Um, and that really comes with, again, comfort with his handle and things of that nature. In isolation, again, I'm hoping they don't play as much isolation. This team, as constructed, needs to play as much motion and team basketball as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, and then mismatch hunt where they're able to get switches on screens uh, and attack those quickly before teams can kind of like swap out defenders. Um, and that's really how they're going to have to do it. I think using Scotty as a hub for, you know, a Dennis Schroeder to curl around and attack off cuts or you know, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi to kind of curl around or play off of and cut off of. Mm -hmm. That's going to be important. Uh, I think him and Pascal are going to have to basically, one of them's hunting the mismatch off ball, uh, trying to get switched onto a smaller defender. And while the other one's kind of playing, you know, a hub style, you know, trying to run a DHO or something yeah. on the opposite wing. That's, I think, generally how the construction of it's going to look. Uh, but again, they are going to be much better off the fewer dribbles they have um, kind of isolated in a single player. Try to keep the ball moving, keep it at a fast pace, pass, pass, pass. And I think their offense will do better that way. Mm. If it becomes very isolation heavy, like, hey, hopefully Scotty takes a leap. He becomes really good in isolation. He is a very aggressive 
finisher at the rim when he puts his head down, but he also tended to get tunnel vision a lot of times um, in his second season where he would yeah. kind of decide he's going to make a drive or make a post move on a guy and then try to force it. And it didn't turn out as great just because the touch on his jumper might not be there yet uh, from outside 10 feet. So those are things where, again, if he improves, that's amazing, but it's going to come down to decision-making and he's a young player. So when you throw more responsibility on a young player, like that's fantastic. It's a great mm-hmm. opportunity, but you do have to make something out of that opportunity. So it will come down to <laughs> what he can do with it. And sure. I am hoping that, you know, closer and again it's you're not grading somebody on the first game of the season and you're not going to grade them on the last game of the season per se either but you're seeing how they improve through the season so you're hoping that by the midway point of next season scotty's showing that he's comfortable in the role and that he's able to find his spots a little bit more effectively yeah simplicity is going to be his best friend especially in the early going and uh, i mean what the raptors look like in the first game of preseason first game of regular season it's going to be such a a long process for them especially if they're going to be you know adapting to this style of basketball that is quite different um i from what i think the offense is going to look like um under nick nurse it's going to be very different actually so they're going to adapt on the fly and i think scotty has to take the reps as it comes keep it simple decisive dribbling as i mentioned uh, decisive decision making and on de- defense yeah i wonder if it's going to be um what it was uh, under nick nurse is he going to be guarding on the perimeter i don't know if that's his best skill set especially if uh if you have dennis schroeder um on the on the floor with him as well but then if it's gary trent jr like we're talking some hypotheticals here because of the dame thing but um you know, do you want him being that guy? And we'll have to see how it goes. Um, but uh, I like the idea of him being an off-ball defender. Um, I can see that being a menacing effect on other teams. And uh, just, yeah, consistent one-on-one defense is going to be really important for them. I imagine it's going to be a more conservative system, um, probably similar to what we saw with Nick Nurse under but just like some different principles. Assuming, like, I'm talking after they got Jakob Pertl. Um, But yeah, anything else on, on Scotty? There's going to be a lot more time to discuss this young man, obviously, but uh, the flashes were there at, at different points last season. And I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of people that are pretty down on what his his uh, his future is um, after last season. Wasn't the best sophomore year, but I still think there's tons of flashes that show that he's still an excellent prospect, an exceptional talent, and the chance is here now for him to, to make something of it. Yeah, he's an exceptional prospect. Like, his flashes are incredible. Yeah. And, like, it is going to be about can you turn those flashes into full games and not just full games. Can you do it three games out of every four, four games out of every five? Like, yeah. Can you be someone that they can rely on night to night rather than just, Oh, at home, you're amazing on the road. You're not as amazing. So it, that's the question that's going to really have uh, need to be answered. And he's a young player. So there's obviously room for, you know, allowing bumps and bruises, but now you're getting there. You're third year player now. Once you get to that fourth year spot, it's like, okay, let's start seeing some consistency show that, you know, you're worthy of like this much investment because clearly the franchise is investing in it fully. Um, They're they've put him front and center in every single possible conversation they've had this summer in terms of how they've been positioning the franchise and him as a player on the team. So it's time to like, hey, you're being handed the mantle. It's time to carry it. So it'll be an interesting season for sure for Scotty Barnes. I hope that he succeeds. And we'll see how it goes, really. Um, he has all the skills to succeed. So it's just a matter of if he's able to put the pieces together. Yeah. And referring back to Jake's takes, uh, the question he asked him about Scotty that prompted the answer that I mentioned earlier was he asked, is he going to be the starting point guard? And 
Darko tiptoed around it. But the other guy that could be the starting point guard, um, he could be on the floor. Um, again, you know, we have to see what happens with Dame. But uh, Dennis Schroeder, um, what are your what are your questions for for him? I think considering the circumstances, he's a pretty good replacement um, at the point guard position. Pretty malleable. Uh, Darko has a lot of good rapport with them. They have a good rapport with each other. He has a lot of confidence in them. And there are things that he offers that are unique for uh, a point guard at uh, at the position. But uh, yeah, what are the things that? What are your What are your questions for for Dennis Schroeder? For Dennis Schroeder. Uh, for Dennis Schroeder specifically, I think he's an interesting point guard to add. He definitely adds more movement, more cutting to the team. Um, his best seasons, um, both in OKC and in LA were when he was not the primary point guard. He played in a lot of those lineups for cleaning glass. He was actually the shooting guard and he played really well in those situations. So, um, yes, he can run a pick and roll with a good screener. He did really well with Steven Adams as a screener. Um, he did really well in LA with Anthony Davis as a screener. So having a big body like Acapurto to screen for him, I'm sure he can do well on the pick and roll uh, in that situation. I think he definitely adds a lot. Yes, you don't get the same pull-up shooting as you would with a Fred Van Vliet, but mm-hmm. you do get a little bit more slice and dice um, in the lane. Um, and he, I, I personally am a little more optimistic on his corner catch and shoot three-pointing. Again, you need to have more guards that can shoot from above the break as well. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see how his three-point shooting kind of goes. Uh, I don't expect it to be anything exceptional, but I don't think it's as big a negative as people are seeing it as. I think he's a passable shooter at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the piece you're going to miss from him. But I think he'll do well alongside a bunch of playmaking forwards. And he's played in Darko's system before and done well in movement-oriented systems that aren't yeah. as isolation-heavy. So... Uh, I, I'm optimistic about him as a player. I think he can be a very good uh, contributor uh, to the Raptors. Yeah. Keep on referring back to Jake's takes, but these are the most quote recent quotes we have from Darko. And he had mentioned uh, Jakob Pertl and he said that he plans on using him as a playmaker. And we didn't get to see that that much uh, this past season. Not to blame Nick Nurse. It happened in, in small spurts, but I just love the idea of a two-man game between, you know, it's a it's an empty, empty I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And you have Jakob Pertl and Dennis Schroeder going to work. And this is a downhill threat that Dennis has. Like we talk about, you know, get a step on your defender. Um, like he just can do that in, in, in a flash and it's not a problem for him. He's so fast. And uh, I just like the idea of seeing him go downhill and being able to create advantages in that way. And if he is like whatever point guard, he is starter bench. I, I'm curious if he can, you know, run a five man unit. Like I think the Raptors, as you mentioned, they're going to have more depth this upcoming season. And how does he work with like a Christian Coloco and a Jalen McDaniels and a Chris Boucher, for instance, a precious Achua? Can he run that unit and kind of make it sing? It obviously just it creates so much simplicity when a, a player knows like what's expected of them. And if they want to roll like you know a five man starting unit and a five man bench unit or whatever the case is. 
players like that. They like knowing what's expected of them. And I think Dennis is capable. And I'm also curious, like, what kind of leader is, what kind of leadership is he bringing? Like, he just came from, he's a fun guy. And he just came from LeBron. And LeBron, every single team that he has, it's always a fun squad. They always have, like, inside jokes. And I just, I think the Raptors could use more of that this upcoming season. And he has the spirit that could offer that. Um, but when he's on the fl floor, I think he has to be a leader. He has to be a game manager on both sides. He has to be the spark plug. He has to be the heart of their identity on both on both sides. So if it's defense, it's his point of attack defense, which I think is going to be terrific. Uh, smart doubles, you know, just clamping up dudes. And uh, then on the other side of the ball, you know, it's 0.5 basketball, right? And he's one of the best players to, suited to be in a situation like that because of how fast he is and he's experienced. He's seen a lot in his career. And uh, yeah, those are a few of the things there. And the the FIBA version of him, I mean, it's different styles of basketball, but he did shoot 38% from three. Um, outside of, he, he canceled the Latvia game where he shot 0 of 8, he shot 38% from three at, at FIBA and he shot 51% overall. And he was hitting some pull-up threes and pull-up twos. And we know that the space that he requires when a defender goes under is, it's a wider angle than it would be for another person because of how fast he is. Teams are scared of his speed. And so that does allow for more space um, on with some crafty screening from a, a Jakob, for instance, but more space to get a shot off. Is he more confident in that look? Um, I'm I'm curious about that because he's got a floater. He can turn corners really fast, but the pull-up three, the pull-up twos, it would be such a nice, nice thing for the Raptors to have in a pick and roll. It would be really nice. I I'm again the point of attack defense is definitely a big thing, but I'm I'm optimistic that Dennis Schroeder is a good uh it's it gonna be a good fit for this Raptors team. And yeah, like I'm looking forward to seeing how he can kind of change maybe the speed that the Raptors play at um, and kind of increase their pace in the half court with his cutting and his speed. Mm -hmm. His transition is going to be fun with, especially if you think of a, a bench lineup that he's featuring um, some of the speed the Raptors have, the athleticism, it could be really, really cool to watch. Okay. Gary Trent Jr. Um, someone who had a, a bit of a down year uh, this past season. Obviously, he opted in because, frankly, the market wasn't there for him, and he's hoping he can get himself a big old payday after a good season and whatever place he's going to be playing. Um, your questions for, for Gary uh, going into next season, things you're curious about, things you want to see. I think the big question with him is um, can he play in a movement-heavy system? Can yeah. he, you know, avoid being a ball stopper at times? One of the biggest issues with Gary Trent um, is usually like, even if you get him an open shot, he's going to want to take a dribble or two or try to figure it out. And it's kind of slows down or bogs down the offense a little bit at times when he does that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and if you're moving to a system that's more 0.5, you're trying to make quick decisions and quick attacks and figure things out. How will he, you know, meld into that system where you're moving around a lot more, you're coming off curls a lot more, and you're just trying, you're being asked to make more decisions. I would like to see him be, more aggressive with his three-point shooting and when using his dribbled more as a playmaker rather than trying to get that mid-range two like at, the mid-range two is a great weapon to have sure at like the end of the shot clock to break it down but like if it's coming out of like your initial actions and you're like still 15 14 seconds left on the clock that's not necessarily a shot that you need to get you can work for better so when mm -hmm. he puts the ball on the floor how does he leverage himself to, you know, draw the second defender, create an advantage for a teammate, and then get the ball to a teammate? He's not necessarily the best passer 
his left hand is not great. Uh, he's not yeah. a good left hand finisher by any means either. Yeah. Um, so left hand those right are the side. big questions for him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right hand. Like mm-hmm. uh one of the one of the biggest biggest uh plays of the season that I can remember from Gary Trent Jr. was trying to force a right-handed layup against the Knicks instead of just doing it with his left and missing it at the end of the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. And then the Raptors go on to lose that game. But it's just uh those are the things where it's like, okay, like you're a young player. You can improve on all these things. He clearly <laughs> works really hard. He, all he's doing is two a days and three a days all, all, all week, all, all summer. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't doubt his work ethic by any means. It's just a matter of how will he fit in this system and how will he improve? I think he definitely has a high upside as a role player um, as being like yeah. a top tier role player on this team, uh, especially as a catch and shoot guy. Uh, one of the sneaky things about his shooting last year was that he was very reliant on Pascal Siakam uh, for a three-point <laughs> percentage. Yeah, Like, he was the most assisted by Pascal Siakam. Most of his threes mm-hmm. were assisted by Pascal Siakam, so he very much leveraged off of Pascal's gravity. So it'll be interesting to see how he can, you know, continue to be effective even when Pascal's on the bench, uh, when he's leading or being part of, like, leading a bench unit with a Dennis Schroeder or something. How can he carry the offense still and still be effective when another player might not be drawing as much help? Yeah. yeah it's funny. I'm looking at the, some of the stats there and uh, he's never been a very good corner three point shooter, like outside of his rookie year. And that was on low frequency. It's never really been there for him, but above the break, it really pops. And you think of where Pascal Siaka likes to operate, where the help is coming from. It's around the free throw line extended that area. And then it's just a pitch pass to or kick out pass to Gary. And there he is. And he's a terrific above the break shooter. So that's yeah. kind of where, where that comes from. But I, I, I think with this three point shot, I would love to see more consistency. Um, it was a bit up and down this past season that happens with shooters, but I mentioned the corner three, like it's such a valuable asset. And with some of the spacing limitations, we know the Raptors are going to have getting those corner threes um, is going to be crucial for them. And uh, sometimes it's going to be better off if you have a Gary in the corner instead of another player, um, just because of the advantages and another person can, can create. So can he stabilize that a little bit? And also, can his pull up three pop a little bit, you know, that would be really nice if he could yeah. do that. It was a 3% dip in his pull up this past season. Um, it's a hard shot, obviously, but we've seen that he can get it off against anyone. Um, if he's able to figure that out, that would be a nice little caveat. You had mentioned, you know, who are the best players last time we chatted, who are the best players to run pick and roll on the Raptors? And you had said OG and Anobi, but it's also, it could be, you know, a, a Gary Trent Jr. If that pull up three is clicking. Yes. Yeah, the pull up the pull up three is one portion of running a pick and roll, but like also I, I would need to see oh, some yeah. significant playmaking yeah, yeah, improvements. Yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. say that. But I will say this is a point of optimism on Gary. I know last season he was dealing with a lot of lower leg injuries, like thigh injuries and stuff like that. Mm. Again, like your pull up shot is definitely going to be affected if your legs aren't hundred percent, like your thighs are to for a pull up three, you need to be able to kind of create that power very quickly. So it's a more quick reaction type of shot than say a catch and shoot where, you know, you can get your base and you can go up with a little bit more time. Yeah. So I can definitely see how like injury might've affected his dip last season, but that's, that's a, you know, some optimism for this season that, you know, with all the extra work he's doing, he seems like he's in incredible shape. Uh, Maybe he can come in and regain that pull up form that he had the season before. Yeah. His face up scoring. I think we'd both agree that that, could always use work. Any player could probably use work with that. He'll, he'll get some of those reps, I'm sure, this upcoming season. Um, just, you know, recognizing the top foot, finding the angle, um, not being bothered by, you know, some hand checks, just like get through it and keep on uh, pursuing the rim. But then, you know, his cutting, um, 
he could be one of the best cutters on, on the Raptors, I think, because of the amount of ways that he can get a shot off. If it is a pull-up three, if it's a mid-range pull-up two, um, some of the the schemes that they could run and play make with uh, a Yaka Pirtle, uh, a Scotty Barnes. And we saw some of that last season, actually. Um, he could be terrific. So I would love to see him just embrace the role of being a terrific cutter. 45 cuts, backdoors, curls, UCLA's, like whatever the case is, like make that part of your offensive identity because maybe you're not going to be the best dribble or the best downhill threat, but you have assets and you have skills that another team could be scared of. So you can parlay that into some easy, easy layups for yourself. And also, you know, then, then, you know, a, a tag happens, it's kick out, play make, then you're, you're really helping your team. So I think that's something that could really help him. And that's like, that's going to be probably a dark old thing, but also he has to just like, yeah. And speaking and speaking on cuts, like this is going to be something for every single Raptor, whether it's Gary Trent Jr., Precious Achua, whoever it might be. It's not just about cutting to get the ball and then finishing at the rim. It's cutting to open up a teammate. Um, The majority of really well-timed cuts, you might not even get the ball, but it might just spring open someone else because the help is overreacting. So if Gary Trent Jr. can leverage himself as a creator, not just on ball, and scoring role but also being someone off ball who can have some gravity by not just being a catch and shoot threat and pulling a help defender to him but by cutting more aggressively more actively when he's off ball um that'll be a big big up to his game like that's one of the things where like when you look at a buddy healed who's a hot commodity on the trade market right now you know he's 30 he's basically mastered how to be that role of three point movement three-point shooter yeah um who can create basically havoc on defense for the other team because of just like having to track him. And I think Gary Trent Jr. more skews in that realm than he does, you know, a high volume shooting guard type, like a Devin mm-hmm. Booker, but even a Devin Booker, anyone who's a shooting guard in the league was a three point threat. If you tend more towards a guard, I would like to see you moving more off ball and leveraging yourself as a threat for your team by being an active cutter, being an active mover and an yep. active spacer. It's a great skill, and it's going to be demanded by all the Raptors. Uh, the system that they're going to want to play, it's going to be a lot of unselfishness, and it's the success of it is going to be predicated on how everyone you know embraces the style of play. And everyone can eat in this way. It's in a different way than what uh, the the Nick Nurse regime was of how everyone can eat. It was more of a game by game basis, um, looking at what the other team is doing. But in a style like this, if everyone's cutting, everyone's making smart cuts, they're utilizing space. Uh, they're driving hard. They're cutting hard. They're screening hard. It can. It, it, there could be something, and we've got to see how things uh, look next season. Last person, Christian Coloco. Um, your questions and hopes for for him, who I I would imagine is probably trying to solidify himself as the backup backup center, which I think he yeah. should be able to. Yeah. So I I really like Christian Coloco. He actually had a really good rookie year. Uh, yeah. All things considered. Uh, I agree. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp too much on. I think he's still a very young and developing player. We haven't seen enough of him to really know significantly what his negatives are or anything i think he's very malleable at this point uh things i really liked from christian coloco um he was very active defensively um defensively even though he didn't have much weight on him in his rookie year he had an impact on the defensive end for the raptors every single time he stepped on the floor he was literally every single defensive lineup with christian coloco was one of the best raptor lineups this season so he 1000 percent um should be a backup center this season if he's able to, you know, improve. Um, I could see him being a 15-minute backup for Yaka Pirtle, where you're basically always running a lineup where either Pirtle's at the five or uh, Coloco's at the five, and then you have your four or five minutes of small ball here and there. 
One of the areas of improvement that I want to see from him, uh, one thing I think, not, not really an area improvement, but just I want to see more of is he was a very good, he made some smart reads that he didn't have to make too many of them, but he made some smart reads on the short roll this season. Uh, I had posted a video earlier in, in the summer on him. Uh, I do plan on doing something for him for our Substack at pros and claws. Uh, substack.com, which you guys Shout should out. check out and subscribe. Uh, we got some great work there coming for preseason, just waiting for the team to kind of solidify, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But with Christian Coloco, one of the big things was he makes he's made some pretty good reads out of the short roll. I think he has the vision for passing and the quick decision making needed to be useful there and be usable as a hub. Because uh, he's able to make those reads to be able to kind of see where the lanes are, and he's going to improve over time. So I'd like to see mm -hmm. more of that, and I think the ball is going to be in the big's hands more with Darko Darko system anyway. So I'll be looking forward to that. And then the final thing, and this is kind of like the one piece that I've been looking on Christian Coloco, is kind of how his you know bulking up helps him. So in his rookie season, he took a hundred and nine shots uh, inside five feet, and sixteen uh -huh. of those were blocked. So that's that's like about 15% of his shots inside five feet being blocked. For comparison, Jakoperto currently, I think, is like at like maybe like four or 5% of his shots inside five feet are blocked. So I looked at Jakoperto's rookie numbers when he was also a lot lankier, a lot skinnier, um, and getting pushed around a lot. And he was at 11% of his shots getting blocked inside five feet. Hmm. And then the following season, as he bulked up, it dropped to 7% and so on and so forth. So Coloco was, I think, 56% inside five feet. If you get blocked a little bit less, maybe some of those blocks are fouls, to be fair. Uh, and, you know, he gets a starts getting a better whistle as he gets stronger and they start looking more like fouls. Yeah. But as he gets stronger and he gets blocked less inside of the five feet, that can really, really improve his efficiencies as a finisher at the basket. And the better he can get at being a finisher at the basket, the more valuable he becomes in that role. I think defensively, he's going to be good always as a role player. Yeah. He's just a solid defensive role player for him to become like potentially, you know, a 20 minute player at the center spot in the league or become like a solid defensive role player big. He just needs to improve on the finishing aspect of it. I think that there are some flashes of him being able to play make out of the high post, make some good reads on the short roll. Mm -hmm. But if he can improve his finishing, improve his strength, that's probably the biggest thing I want to see from him this season. And those are the questions I have for him, but mm. I'm really high on him. I think he's really good. And I think he's just going to be a solid role player. Um, every time he came out with the the Raptors, if he had made a mistake in previous games, you saw him correct those mistakes as he kept going on. And during the back end of the season, he really improved when he came back from the G league. So I'm hoping for a good showing from Christian in his second season. Yeah. And the players like him too. They appreciate his work ethic. I mean, that there's no, no bigger uh, compliment you can get as a player, as a young player, if you're your teammates who are veterans and they're saying that he works, he's working hard. And so he's got that figured out. Uh, it's, you know, similar stuff for me, like the playmaking. I think uh, I talked to him about this too, that he was a more of a, a playmaking big when he was with Arizona. Um, he had mentioned that. So he does have a bit of that vision and that could be something, you know, a North star for him. If he can keep on developing that, but as, in the short role, yes, he can like make that kick out pass and offensively 
yeah, it's like, is he able to just be a, a better, you know, solid finisher? It's strength related, obviously. It's just having his, his counters ready. Um, his floater, he likes to use that. Sometimes he's hanging around the dunker spot and there's a little, little kick pass and he's able to hit that little floater. That would be great for him. Um, but just having like your, and I'm sure he's repping all this stuff out like as we speak, but it's like when he gets that ball in the short roll, it's like just one power dribble counter counter and make your move and, and go up strong um he just has to make it like that muscle memory just natural for him and i think he can and he can learn so much from yaka Pertle this upcoming season like the the parallels oh, yeah. as you just mentioned like they're there um especially now that you're going to see yaka Pertle as a playmaking big just pick his brain learn what you can and i'm not saying he's not going to do that i'm sure he will but it's a it's a great opportunity for him to, especially under under Darko, to to get more of those reps offensively because I think he will have, as you said, uh, a solidified backup role with the Raptors, and uh, he should have a decent point guard with them too. If it is Dennis Schroeder or whatever, that the it's going to be be an offense that is really humming. It's going to be quick and fast, and uh, he's a smart kid too. So I think he'll develop quickly. Yep. There we go. There we yeah. go, everyone. Those are your four players that we're going to talk about. Look forward to a month's podcast on a very similar kind of line of questioning. Same questions, uh, same subjects. Um, but for now, Assad, thanks for joining me. Everyone, yeah. have fun. We'll talk to you. Take care. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.